Morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. It's a good thing from the very beginning of the class to go ahead and say that. Release faith in faith class, faith school. Uh, that you are, even before you realize, you know, understand what we're focusing on, you are believing and expecting that because you know it's God's will. It's not God's will for you to be beat down. It's His will for you to be built up. And His words are able, Acts, the book of Acts says, to build us up and give us an inheritance among those that are sanctified. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom with us. Let's release faith now. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking for utterance, asking for the guidance and direction, the anointing of your Holy Spirit that leads and guides us into all the truth, that brings to our remembrance everything you've said to us, that even shows us things to come. We thank you for it. And we ask for answers and help for today and for the time we're living in and for the next steps and phases of our life. For you are the God who, who prepares us and quickens us and anoints us for success. We thank you for this. Get glory to yourself in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look please in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, if you would. For uh, some weeks now, we've been on this series that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. In 1 Corinthians 10, the beginning of the chapter, he's talking about how that our fathers were under the cloud, passed through the sea, baptized unto Moses in the cloud and the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food. They drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. Everything that happened that's recorded in you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, all, all through there that he's talking about, it's not just history. It's not history only because there's a myriad of things that happened over the period of thousands of years that we know nothing about. And we don't need to know about them. They don't affect our lives today. But these things do. These are handpicked by God Himself and through chosen vessels that He inspired, these truths, these examples have been recorded. And here in the New Testament we're told that they're examples for us. In verse 5 it says, But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. 
Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they lusted. Don't be idolaters, verse 7. Don't commit fornication, verse 9. Don't tempt Christ, verse 10. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen to them for examples. And they're written, or, or the margin says, types. They're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Imagining that you're going to respond well when the pressure's on is not the same as responding well. <laughs> you know, Peter imagined that he would not deny the Lord even if everybody else did, he said. He was adamant that even if everybody else uh, left the Lord, he would not, and that he would die with him. And I think he, he really thought that was the case. And even when they came to take him, you know, he started fighting. And he knew that, you know, he's, if he's not a trained soldier and he's fighting against well-armed uh, guards and what have you, he could be killed. But he was risking that. But then when the Lord told him to put up his sword and he let them take him, he did not expect that to happen. And when the pressure was on, he didn't stand like he thought he would. And that's what this is talking about. Wherefore, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And that goes on to say, there has no temptation. No trial, no test taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful. He's faithful. He will not suffer or allow you to be tempted, tested, tried above that you're able, but will with the temptation, with the test and trial, make a way to escape that you may be able to, to bear it. Or it is in italic so that you may be able to bear, that you may be able to, to get through it, to, to overcome it, to deal with it. So it helps to remember that we cannot encounter in this life a situation that really is too much for us to trust God and overcome. He said he won't allow it. Did you get that, class? He said he, he won't allow that. So if you're facing something, you know just by fact of it being there, you can overcome it. Is that right? If it's in the ring with you, you can beat it. <laughs> right? But uh, you don't want to be presumptuous. See, the previous verse says, let him that thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. Why? He's referring you back to what happened to these Israelites and how that juncture after juncture after juncture, they failed the test, they failed to believe, they failed to trust God. There will be pressures in this life. Uh, you know, as long as you're down here in this life, in this world, there are going to be temptations, trials, pressures, because the enemy's here, and the curse is here, and death is here. This is the only place we've ever been, so we don't realize it, but this is a very dark place. 
It's a, it's a cursed place. It's full of death. As soon as we get out of here, we're going to realize it. <laughs> we're going to go, oh, that's why people who leave never want to come back. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> but, and, and it's one reason I think we're not told too much about heaven because we don't need it pulling on us right now. We, we don't need to be thinking about that. We need to finish our course down here. We, we need to, it's not long, so we just need to stay focused. And the way we will do it is by trusting in our God, by believing in Him, following Him closely. And so he said in verse 10, Don't murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and they were destroyed of the destroyer. What's Murmuring got to do with being destroyed. Why would you link those two together? They murmured and got destroyed. So he's saying, don't murmur. Go with me to Philippians, if you would, the, uh, the second chapter. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 14 he said, uh, Philippians 2.14, Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke. You, you know, uh, we read a couple of classes back in Mark uh, 15, where that Jesus reproved. He upbraided his disciples for not believing. Uh, and here he's saying, if you don't murmur, you won't, you'll be without rebuke. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world. We are supposed to stand out. We are supposed to be bright, light, life. And the, the reason you would stand out is that you're not, you don't complain like other people complain. <laughs> Can you see that all goes together? You're not murmuring. You're not talking death and failure and destruction and woe is me and feel sorry for me. If you talk that, you won't stand out. You'll blend in, right? Because the whole world around you, that's how they're talking. So you'll have to talk differently to be this light in the world. In uh, the Amplified of verse 14, in the Amplified, it says it like, it reads like this. It says, do all things. Everybody say all things. All things. Do all things without grumbling and fault finding and complaining. <laughs> uh, I want us to take time on this one. Am I reading the New Testament here? Huh? Does this apply to you? To me, said out loud, do all things, do all things. Without, grumbling, without grumbling or fault finding or complaining. And so we already talked about this looking at the Old Testament examples when it says they murmured. It consisted of complaining and blaming. There are other elements to it as well. But um, it was, and you see this here, grumbling that has to do with complaining. Well, what's fault finding? Well, that would have to do with blaming. Blaming and complaining. 
is a big part of murmuring or this grumbling that he's talking about. Do all things without grumbling and fault finding and complaining and questioning and doubting. <laughs> when is it okay to gripe? Huh? Let's look at the first part. Do all things without. So what things can I do with some griping and, and, be, and be okay? Huh? All means what? You mean there's no room, there's no space to gripe? No. <laughs> Not according to the word. Is there griping going on? Huh? In the world. In the church. Yeah. Is, is it no big deal? You know, everybody, you know, has less than optimal days sometime. And sometimes you're just not feeling quite up to it. And you might complain a little bit. Is it a, is it a big deal? Well, <laughs> well, according to 1 Corinthians 10, <laughs> right? Go back, look at it again. Let's make sure we read it right. According to 1 Corinthians 10 and 10. 1 Corinthians 10, 10. What does it say? Neither murmur. As some of them also murmured and were what? Destroyed of the destroyer. Why link being destroyed of the destroyer to murmuring? See, the enemy is very subtle and very crafty. And one of the ways you see this subtlety, this craftiness, is by getting people to think that serious things are not serious. You'll find this throughout the, the earth, that things that are bad are not that bad. Because uh, he works off the uh, principle of tolerance is the first step to conformity. And he knows with a lot of things, he can't get you to just buy into it fully right off the bat. So, He's got to fool you a little bit and just get you. And if it's something your flesh already wants to do, then it's not a hard sell for you to justify yourself uh, saying that, well, you know, it's, it's not that bad. It's, it's not that bad. It's not that big of a deal. And complaining is one of the big ones. Because if, if somebody's complaining, I mean, if they're going to town complaining, and somebody says to them, oh, you know, don't complain. What will you usually hear? Oh, I, I wasn't complaining. Huh? If anybody says, well, you know, oh, you stop complaining. Often you'll hear the response. Well, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm just what? You're just what? And to hear people talk, you would think, Complaining is almost non-existent in the world. <laughs> it's because they're not calling murmuring, murmuring. They're not calling it that. And the enemy has deceived and convinced people that a little griping and blaming and, you know, and our 
current social media is filled with this. It's just full of it. Accusing, blaming, complaining, complaining, <laughs> and more complaining. And you'll have to retrain yourself. It requires mind renewal, especially if you grew up in a home where you heard it on a daily basis, and most people did, griping about this, complaining about that, fussing about that, fussing about this, blaming this one, blaming that one. You think it's normal. You, you've heard it all your life. And when you say it, you don't even notice it. And when other people say it, you don't even notice it. Notice the rest of that verse, though, go back to, to Philippians 2. I'll read it to you from the Amplified again. What did he say? Do all things. Somebody say all things. Do all things without grumbling and fault finding and complaining. This is, this is the Amplified. And questioning and doubting. And he, he went on to say, uh, what's going to happen as a result if you don't do that, verse 15, that you may be blameless, you may be blameless, if you judge, what's going to happen? You'll be judged. If you blame others, what's going to happen? You're going to be blamed. Can you see this? And you, you decree a thing, it'll be so with you. If you believe it in your heart, you say it with your mouth. You do it, especially if you do it on a, a regular basis as a way of life, it'll come to pass. You'll have what you, you said. That works as effectively with bad stuff as it does with good things. And so he wants us to be blameless. In order to be blameless, if you're blameless, another way of saying this is the enemy has no grounds to attack you. He has nothing in you, no, act, no blame, no judgment, no access. But this will only be so if we choose not to blame. Go back with me, if you would, to uh, uh, Exodus, where we were looking yesterday's class. Exodus 14, and in these first five instances where they failed, there were ten major instances where the Israelites failed to believe and trust. And in these first five, it continues past the first five, but you see some of the same language just repeated over and over again called murmuring. Exodus 14, 11, they said to Moses, because there are no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word we told you in Egypt? Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. It's better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Are they blaming him? Yes. Yeah, they're blaming him. Go on over to the 15th chapter. When they saw God split the Red Sea and 
destroy all their enemies, and the pressure is off. Everybody say the pressure is off. The pressure was off. Anybody can sing when the pressure's off. Right? Anybody can say hallelujah when the bills are paid. Right? When you're feeling good. No, no pressure. No pressure. And so, man, they sang, they played the tambourines, the whole 15th chapter just about. But then, verse 22, Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. They went to the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water and lost the victory. And when they came to Marah, they couldn't drink the waters, for they were bitter. And the people, verse 24, they did what? They murmured against Moses, against Moses. Are they blaming him? And what did they say? What shall we drink? What are we going to drink? Skip down to chapter 16. This is the third instance in our study of the ten. They took their journey from Elam. All the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Zin, which is between Elam and Sinai. Verse 2, and the whole congregation, see, not just a handful of them, the whole bunch of Israel, they did what? What did they do, verse 2? Murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And we even have uh, an excerpt, a quote of the things they were saying. The children of Israel said to them, would to God... We had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. What do you mean by the hand of the Lord? <laughs> if he'd have wanted you to die, he'd just left you where you were. Why go through all this, right? You got to watch this. People imagine themselves to be spiritual. And they try to spiritualize the ugly stuff they're going through. And claiming that it's somehow God's will and God's plan that they are heroic, heroically enduring. When the truth is, they could come out of it today if they'd quit doubting. Come on, y'all listening. And start believing. But people would rather have this phony, uh, religious, pseudo-spiritual deal by... Would God we had died by the hand of God. Bunch of junk. Yes. Are y'all listening? A bunch of junk that's displeasing to God. They're talking about God, but what they're saying is displeasing God. He don't want to hear it. Just because people talk about God doesn't mean God likes what they're saying. <laughs> y'all Okay. It said, the whole congregation murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. They said, would to God we'd have died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the flesh pots, we ate bread to the full. We have, you brought us forth, you, you, you brought us out here into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. You brought us out here to kill us. Now, this kind of stuff is what caused them to miss, completely miss out 
on God's plan for their life. This stuff caused them to live a bleak, desolate, dry existence, subsistence. They survived, but they didn't enjoy it. Said out loud, complaining, complaining. Blaming. blaming. We saw that the definition of the Hebrew word murmur means to remain, to stop, and to stay. Can we see it literally in these guys' lives? What was God's plan for them? To stay in the wilderness? Never. Never. It was never God's plan for them to stay any substantial length of time. They were to come out of Egypt, go through the wilderness, yes, learn some valuable faith lessons, but don't stop there. Go on through and come into the promised land. But did they go through the wilderness or did they stay in the wilderness? And according to the scripture, the murmuring was the expression of their resentment, their fear, their defiance, and all those things. And the word murmur means to stay. Here's the thing, friend. If you don't want to remain, don't complain. <laughs> Are y'all with me? If you don't want to stay in the problem, if you want to get out of the problem, Somebody said, man, I've been going through some stuff. Well, don't stop. Keep going. Keep going, right? Keep going till you get on the other side. <laughs> but if you complain about it, if you talk night and day about how bad it is and how you just can't, and then you blame other people for what they've done and what they didn't do and what they should have done, you will stay. You will stay in the mess. You will stay in the junk. You will stay in the dry and the bleak. You won't come out. And you can stay there the rest of your life. That's what they did. 40 years. Until their life was over. And their opportunities had passed. I'm not going to do that. Am I hearing anybody? Huh? Somebody say, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Say it out loud. Lord, set a watch. At the door of my mouth, and alert me if I start to complain, if I begin to murmur, complain, blame, alert me, Lord. Help me to realize it, and by your help, I'll stop. I will stop that, and I'll talk faith instead. I will talk life, not death. I will talk victory, not defeat. I will talk faith, not fear. I will trust my God. I will trust you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory to God. Hallelujah. And our time's up again. Well, let's say it as we finish the class. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I am strong in faith, giving glory to God. 
We'll see you back here next time in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.